welcome once again to the Ebone Zone as I invite you to sit back, relax, and listen for the 240th time on this Friday, July 9th, 2021. I hope you enjoy this week's episode, part three in a novel review series on Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. This episode contains spoilers. Last week, we covered chapters six through nine of Mary Shelley's beloved novel, Frankenstein. I hope you enjoyed it, and if you didn't have time to lend an ear to it or want to be caught up on the series so far, a link to parts one and two will be in the description. Also, if you didn't catch it in the intro to this episode, it contains a lot of spoilers, so be warned of that as we move on. One final housekeeping note, as I said last week, since my decision to review this book was inspired by the Frankenstein musical, there will be links to a few songs in the description for you to check out if you want. Now, where were we? Last week, we saw Victor visiting a childhood favorite place of his, and eventually, after a lot of worry, he was calm enough to take a nap. And when he wakes up in chapter 10, he looks around and does some searching in the valley. He notices how beautiful it is, and he says he's happier just by being there. The mountains make him forget the monster and how much he regrets giving it life. Later, he decides to climb the mountain because he says the summit has a very calming effect on him. It helps Victor clear his head. He wants to go without a guide because he knows the trail and he thinks that the solitude will be ruined if someone else comes with him. He's an introvert like that, you know? He makes a lot of observations about what's going on around him. It's raining now and he eventually decides to sleep. And at almost noon, he arrives at the top and the view is amazing. Victor notes a lot of things he loves about the view and says he's happy. But as soon as he gets his groove back, a shadowy figure is running at him full sprint. And then he realizes it's the monster. Victor knows this thing has to die, but as he's preparing to fight it, the monster extends sort of an olive branch of peace. The monster says he knows he's despised by Victor and pretty much everyone else, and because of that, he's miserable. He can't understand why Victor wants to kill him, but he says that he has some demands. If they're met, Victor will never see him again. But if they're not, on the other hand, the monster will kill every last one of the people that Victor loves, and then will come for Victor himself. The monster loves his life and says that Victor will not be harmed if he takes on the list of demands that he's given. And this next bit should come as no surprise if you've read the book or at the least heard the last two episodes. Victor wants nothing to do with him. So he says, One of us has to go. So here's the deal. I'm gonna fight you. Right now. And I will not stop until there's nothing left. From here, Victor's heart is set on destroying what he's created. But the monster, he's kind and tender to Victor, and he doesn't see why he's hated by the person that gave him life in the first place. All the monster wants is to be loved and accepted. Since that's not possible, he reserves himself to the mountains far away from society. The monster then says that he should at least be given a fair chance to tell Victor what he's been up to all this time. And then... After he's finished, Victor's given the permission to do with his creation as he pleases. Yeah, that seems fair. After all, it is Victor's fault that the monster exists, so the least he could do is listen and know why he's so down on himself. Victor, though, is still angry at himself and the monster, but he agrees to listen to his creation's tale. And from there, they decide to meet at the monster's hut on top of the mountain. We kick off chapter 11, Getting Into the Monster's Tale. He says he can't remember his first life, 
Eventually, though, it ends, but he hadn't been dead for long until he's revived. And he finds it kind of torturous to live again, but he finds some peace in the forest near Victor's college. When he's hungry, he eats berries, and when he's thirsty, he drinks water. He only feels at peace at night, and one night, when he's out looking for food, he finds a cloak, and then starts to distinguish sounds and feelings again, like birds chirping and water rushing in from a creek. His sight gets better, and he tries to talk, but he can't, so he just stays quiet. Later, he discovers that fire is hot and collects firewood. The next morning comes, and he's thrilled to find out that the fire's still going. The monster finds out that meat is good for food and imitates things he saw some travelers do by cooking his meals over coals. Eventually, he finds his way to a hut that the best he can figure was put together by a shepherd sometime earlier. The door is open, so the monster just lets himself in and finds someone cooking breakfast. When this dude sees the monster, he makes a run for it, out of the house and into a field somewhere. So, considering no one was home, the monster just makes it his. He polishes off the last bit of that guy's breakfast and then takes a nap on some straw. He walks a few more miles after this and finds a village with some cute little houses and some cheese and milk in the windowsills and vegetables in the gardens. So he figures he'll just walk in and say hello to some of the townspeople. But as soon as he finds a house he likes, the kids scream and the mom faints. So he comes to a cave and finds his place for the night there. He's getting smarter every day. The monster has found out that cups are better to drink from than his hands and that if he stays close to the cottage's chimney, he'll be warmer than if he didn't. He decides then that he'll stay there until something happens that prevents him from doing so anymore. And later, he finds that in the cottage lives a girl and an old man. The old man can play guitar and the girl gets his passions rolling. He admires the chemistry between the old man and his companions and likes to watch them do what they do, whatever it is from day to day. In chapter 12, the monster lays down for the night, and he wants to be a part of these people's lives. He wants desperately to be a part of that family, but he can't because he's scared of the reaction they'll have. And considering the way he was treated last time he tried to make friends, I don't blame him at all. He later figures out that these people are unhappy as well, but the monster can't figure out why. They have everything they want, but still they're unhappy. Later, he realizes that they're sorted down on their luck, and he feels guilty about trying to steal some of their vegetables from the garden that they have. He knows that's all they have to eat, and he regrets not letting them keep it. But even though that's all they have, the girl and a young boy who also lives in the cottage sometimes give up their own dinner for the old man, and that moves the monster. He now recognizes that kindness exists, and he eventually begins helping the people at the cottage and also tries to learn to speak. He learns the words fire wood, milk, and bread, as well as the names of the people living in the cottage. Felix is the brother of Agatha, who is the daughter of the old man, who both siblings just call father. The monster also learns the words good, dearest, and happy, and he spends the winter learning as many things as he can, and eventually he considers them friends. He sees the old man reading one night and puts it together that reading is speaking as well, just in a different way. So the monster now wants to read. Well, he's already taught himself to speak, make fire, and find shelter. So, how hard could this be? From there, he decides that even though he wants to make friends with the people in the cottage, he's got to know how to talk. He believes that if he can speak their language and do it well, they'll overlook his appearance. He's also interested to know why they're sad at times and hopes to find a way to make them happy again. 
The monster fantasizes about meeting the people and imagines every reaction, from the disgusted to the amazed to the hopeful and welcoming. In chapter 13, the monster observes that Felix is sad, and when he notices this, he also notices that there's a knock at the door from a lady riding a horse. She's looking for Felix, and she's beautiful, so Felix gets understandably excited when he sees her. They go into the house, and she generally makes people happier, and even Agatha is given a better outlook on life because of her. This mystery woman is seeking to learn the language of the people in the cottage, and that's when an idea hits the monster. Maybe he can eavesdrop on the lessons, learn to speak, and then meet his friends. Great idea. She learns about 20 words in the first lesson, which doesn't help the monster all that much because of the stuff he's already taught himself. As it turns out, this girl's name is Safie, and she learns the language of the cottage people quickly, as does the monster. Though he wants to meet the people that help him, he's still scared that people will put him down like he's been subject to before. He also learns to read through Felix's attempts to teach Safi the art of language. He learns a lot about society and morals and becomes aware of his own self. He knows he doesn't have any friends, property, or money. He learns about birth, life, death, knowledge itself. And all throughout, he keeps asking himself the question, What am I? In chapter 14, the monster has learned a good bit about himself and the world around him. Now, he sets his sight to knowing more about his friends in the cottage. For instance, the old man's name is DeLacy, and he was born in France. His son Felix was a military man, and Safie's dad was a merchant who put DeLacy and his bunch out on the street. Later, he's condemned to death, and the citizens of Paris weren't too happy about it because he wasn't condemned because of a crime he committed. It was because of his faith that he was to be put to death. Felix wanted to break him out, and when he offered to help him, he saw Safie, and his mind got to wondering that if he broke her dad out, it might could be a really good sign for a potential relationship with this girl. Her dad caught wind to the feelings that they were sharing back and forth and offers her hand in marriage if Felix could spring him from jail. And our man Felix, he's too nice of a guy to accept a bribe, but that didn't make him want her any less. They go back and forth writing letters, and the monster learns a lot about Safie's mom and her background, and also Safie's intention to marry a good Christian man after being helped along in the faith by her mom. Later, her dad is broken out of prison, and Felix gets passports in his name, his sister's, and his father's. They sell the house, and off they go, from France to wherever the wind takes them, namely Turkey. When the government of France finds out, they take DeLacy and Agatha to prison, where they remain for five months. Felix learns later that the guy he rescued made off out of France with Safi after escaping, making it known in his mind that her dad is a traitor. She leaves France, goes from there to Germany, and eventually ends up 60 miles away from the cottage. So she decides to pack up everything and drop in on Felix. Eventually, she made it safe to Felix's cottage, and that's where we, the readers, find her in present times. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I'm really glad you could make it, and I hope you enjoyed the festivities. If you want to stay connected to the show, I'd invite you to pop on over to Facebook or Twitter and give the page a follow. Just search Ebone Zone on Facebook and Official EBZ on Twitter. If you're new, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next week, my friend, God bless you, stay humble, and remember, keep an ear out.